Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of Claws to the Wall. We got another good lineup for you guys today. We're going to be digging into some Texas State volleyball, Texas State soccer, also Texas State football this past weekend, as, long, as well as the San Marcos Rattlers with their second district matchup. And then we're going to be digging into a little bit of MLB postseason and a quick NBA preview for the future of the NBA champions. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is my lovely co-host, Giancarlo Cacho, Paxton Graff. And joining us for the first time, I think, this uh, this semester is Ryan Linguez. Ryan, this good is, to see you, my this man. This is my second time now, but Second it's all, time? It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> good. Well, good good to have you, man. It's been a long time since you know we've done a podcast together, so welcome back. But let's go ahead and just dig right in to it. We're going to start off with Texas State Volleyball as they got their sweep this past weekend against Southern Miss. They played on October 14th this past Friday. They won the set uh, the set 3-0, to zero, so they completely swept Southern Miss. And then they played Saturday, or the box scores for that was 25-21 first set, 25-18 second set, and then finally 25-23 the third and final set. So the third one was probably the cl- was actually the closest one out of all of them. And then... Saturday, they played in Southern Miss again, once again, and they came out with a win. I was actually at that game for uh, only for like maybe an hour because I had to leave and go to dinner, birthday dinner with the family. But it was a very fun game to see. So Texas State won the first set 25-18. Southern Miss came back and won the second set 25-18. to The third set, Texas State won 25-16. And then the fourth and final one, Texas State won 25-16 again. So complete dominance from this Southern Miss team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to y'all. So far, we've been seeing this Bobcat volleyball team very being very consistent in their play. And, you know, heading towards conference, you know, conference tournament time, they're just getting hotter and hotter. So I'm going to throw it to y'all. What do y'all think? Yeah, I'd say the Bobcats have just been whooping teams left and right is what they do. Um <laughs> So, with that being said, just seeing how this team communicates with each other, um, like I said before in the beginning of the season, um, they just really looked a little off in their communication and the way that they played together as a team. Um, But the way that they've been picking up in conference play has been good to see. They've been playing sharp. They've been communicating well together. The way that they've played as a team and collectively as a group just sound, uh, just been uh, really phenomenal to see. And uh, Against against a conference team like Southern Miss, who I believe is new to the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. if I'm correct, yeah, yeah. So, welcoming them, welcoming them into the Sun Belt Fun Belt, giving them a loss, a dominating loss, is good to see, and I'm just excited to see how they finish up the season. Yeah, Coach Sean Hewitt after the Saturday game, he was talking to the reporter, and he said, you know, one of the big things that he really enjoyed about that game was their resilience. You know, facing off against Southern Miss, you know, like you said, new to the conference, glad they're here. But, you know, they haven't really seen them before and seem really taped. They haven't gone up against them, so they didn't know what they were going to kind of expect. And, you know, they had a good player over there in Southern Miss, uh, Mia we- sorry, Maya Wesley. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was real dominant in the two uh, games that she played against us. But, yeah, Coach Hugh was just talking about resilience and how they're still getting it together and being able to keep it. And, you know, every keep it talking about, you know, Fitzgerald's doing amazing. Teske's still coming through. She's still hot. And, you know, Emily DeWalt killing it with the assists. She actually got nine uh, kills 
on the Saturday game, which is pretty surprising. Usually we don't see her as an offensive uh, performer, but she was able to get nine. So that was really good to see from her. Yeah, they're just they're starting off fantastic on the conference play. I mean, they're seven and one right now. Their only loss was against the East Division leader right now in James Madison. And really it was a close loss too mm-hmm. in the sets. And that was in the that was the first first day. The second day, man, the Bobcats took full control. It's like the Monarchs had no no stop. They were not stopping them at all. And so really that's positive to see. But this past weekend, I mean Southern Miss, they started off a little strong, but it was the Bobcats that they have the depth, they have the strength, they have Emily DeWalt. I mean, like you said, uh, she's most likely going to be assist leader oh, no. this yeah, no week doubt. as well against South Alabama. But last week she had 87 assists out of the two uh, games that they had last weekend. And so just uh, really just them keeping that up, that's what they're going to need for conference play. And if they continue this, I mean – there's no doubt they're going to make NCAA tournament, uh, let alone win the conference. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's exciting to watch as a student, and it's fun to go to these games. But there are very, very few home games left, so definitely yeah. go out and watch those. Yeah, absolutely. So they have, so they actually have two home game series left uh, in the, uh, at least in the conference play, or at least the remainder of the season. Uh, but Paxton, you alluded to earlier, they would be playing South Alabama in Mobile, Alabama at Jaguar Stadium Friday, October 21st, and then October 22nd. It'll be at 6 p.m. on Friday, and then Saturday it'll be at 1 p.m., so be sure to you know check them out. You can tune into the statistics and the box score to keep up with your uh, volleyball Bobcats and hope they can get another conference win, possibly another sweep. That would be great. But now we're going to transition into another sport that has been on a roll on the field, and that is Texas State soccer. This women's soccer team just came, just beat Troy this past weekend, this past Sunday, the, with the final score of two to one. It was another close battle between two Sun Belt Conference teams who have been no, well known uh, for matchups. Even if it's you know football or you know baseball, basketball, it's been Troy has always been one of those schools that can give Texas State a game, especially a close one, and they clearly showed it right here. So. Um, Carrie Gonzalez and then Wimberly Wright both scored their, the two goals that put the Bobcats up top. And, and Wimberly Wright with the most memorable one that probably actually was the game-winning one with eighty with uh, 86-48 on the clock. So uh, I kind of want to throw it to y'all. This Bobcat team, once again, you know, this soccer team has bonded, new coaching style, new system. We've been kind of talking about that all year. And, you know, there's just new chemistry for this team. So I want to throw it to y'all on how they're doing in conference play. Yeah, and I mean – and I keep saying it every week, every time we talk about them. I mean, the theme, the one thing, the one word that can describe this team is resilience. There have been so many times where they've been down either, uh, you know, after second half, leading up to the end of the game, and they can just come out and just win. Like you said, I mean, two goals in the last seven minutes, they did that. I mean, they scored a last-minute goal against a team like two weeks ago. Like, mm-hmm. And they're always fighting, always keeping it, never letting go. You know, they're not just playing for a tie. They're not like, oh, it's out of reach. Like, it's okay if we lose. They're always fighting and they're always trying to, you know, win. And, and that's pretty good. And, you know, with this win, actually, you know, uh, and because of this win and some other, you know, other wins or losses that happened in, in the Sun Belt, you know, they're in the championship now or they're in the conference playoffs, whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, wh- whatever synonym you can call the championship, <laughs> they're in it now with this win against Troy. And, I mean, I don't think they're going to gear down. I think they're just still keep fighting the last two or three games they have left this season and just amp it up for the playoffs. 
Yeah, and, you know, their their last loss was against James Madison, which, I mean, James Madison as a program as a whole and their athletic department is doing fantastic this oh, yeah. year, especially Absolutely. with their FBS debut. Um, but uh, for FBS, yeah, I was right. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, right. Um, these last two games, I mean, they, they really bounced back and responded defensively because that one game – Against James Madison, they gave up three goals. Mm-hmm. These past two games, they gave up two combined goals out of the two games. So it's a big bounce back defensively, obviously offensively as well. Against James Madison, they only they only scored one goal. These past two games, they scored a combined four goals. So you love seeing them play good overall on both sides of the ball like that in these past few games, especially now that they've clinched a spot in the conference tournament. I mean, they only have three games left in this regular season, so expect them to go out with a bang. But like I've been saying all year long, I expect this team to win that conference tournament. And right now it looks like it's probably going to be them and James Madison. So they're definitely – but they're not looking forward to that right now. They're looking to this next game, and that's what they need to do. And, you know, hopefully they come out with a win with that because as far as the students, man, the students are loving it. Yeah. They, they love having a soccer team to support. There's a lot of soccer mentality down here, and you love seeing mm-hmm. that. And they show it with the Bobcat crew and everything like that at the home game. So it's fun to watch. Yeah, this new era of Texas State soccer has just been exciting to see this whole season. I've been to a few games and uh, called one game so far, and I will call the next game Thursday. Um, as they close up their season. But just the way that they've been playing together as a team with the coaching staff, they're uh, a collective group that play for each other. They have good camaraderie. They're all close with each other. They hang out with each other after practice, off the field, and they just have a great friendship and, like, a sisterhood as a team. Mm -hmm. But the way that they play is just exciting. They're sharp on both ends of the field, offensively and defensively. So just ending the season with that same momentum as they started the season – is a great point to see um, as a Bobcat fan. But just closing out the season, heading into playoffs, just staying poised and focused. And one thing I want to point out with this game against Troy is that they had a they had less than 10 fouls, which this team is very – soccer is a physical sport, and this team is physical, but they've always gone 10-plus fouls in the majority of the games that I've seen them. But just getting only nine fouls and forcing Troy to commit 14 – is a great um, point to see from the Bobcats and getting eight corners, 11 shots, nine shots on goal. Just the way that they play is aggressive and they need to be, they need to keep playing aggressive to win the conference. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like you guys have been saying, this, this soccer team has really gone to its full potential. Everything that they have been doing all season has been nothing short of just greatness and everything that they have, you know, come together and, you know, the new culture and the new foundation of this team with Steve Holman, everything uh, that is just, it's been phenomenal for the soccer team. So they will be playing again tomorrow, this is today. So as of this recording, they will be playing tomorrow, October 20th at the Bobcat Soccer Complex. And it will be actually streaming on KTSW 89.9 with our very own Colton Gibson and Giancarlo Caccio will be on the call for that game tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and go out and support your Texas State Bobcats and they will take on another conference opponent when they score i swear i will say ole 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 ole, ole. ole. i say it on air i promise <laughs> i love to hear that <laughs> but now we're going to transition to another texas state sport who unfortunately didn't have the success like volleyball and soccer did this past weekend 
And that was the Texas State Bobcats football team. They also took on Troy this past weekend in Mobile, Alabama. In uh, Mobile, excuse me, uh, in Mobile, Alabama. Troy, Troy, oh, Alabama. Oh, Troy, Alabama. Excuse me, <laughs> my bad, my fault. Messed that up. Um, but they unfortunately came up with a loss. The final score to that was seventeen fourteen. Troy. It was actually honestly one of the closest games that I've, at least that I've seen all year so far by this. Bobcat team, but from the way this, from the way I was watching the game, and the, from the way that this box score, it it did match. You know the way the game was played. Mo, it was a lot of defense in this game. You can tell. You can just tell by how you know the score. Um, but I mean, I mean, so far this Bobcat team, we've been seeing them have stretches where they've had good moments, and then all of a sudden they just had you know just bad moments, and that's been kind of the the concept that we've been seeing this past year. But I mean. It's it's another it's unfortunately another Texas State loss for, for the football team, but um, but other than that, n- not too bad. I mean, one and two in conference, and I know we were talking about this earlier before the show. You know, they've been doing you know pretty decent at home whenever they're playing uh, playing here in San Marcos. So, um, but they got another conference matchup. But first, I kind of want to get y'all's input first first on uh, this team and how they play against Troy. Well, they they definitely played good defensively, offensive-wise. I mean, it wasn't a bad game offensively because if you look at the stat sheet, I mean, uh, Lane Hatcher, he only had, I I believe, like 10 incompletions. Mm -hmm. He had a throwing touchdown, no interceptions. It really was the rushing game that wasn't really doing anything. I mean, lead rusher was Lincoln Perry with 67 yards, so it's nothing really happening right there for your rushing game. And I think that was really their biggest issue offensively. Defensively, I mean, defense needs to get all the credit. They need to give offense some free food or something. (laughs) Or offense needs to get them free food or something. Because, I mean, they literally were the reason why Texas State stayed in this game. But, I mean, you know, as a Bobcat fan, you're tired of coming up just short against Troy, especially a West Division opponent such as them. And, like, last year, the score was 31 to 28. Mm-hmm. This year it's 70 to 14. Just three points away in the past two seasons from, or four points away from beating them. And, you know, you hate to see close games like that, but this team is definitely slowly improving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's getting better defensively and slowly, slowly offensively. But it'll be interesting to see how they'll do this weekend against Southern Miss. Southern Miss has been, you know, kind of on and off this season so far. Uh, but it's homecoming weekend Woo. for Bobcat Nation. So it'll be interesting to see how Southern Miss can handle that because, I mean, Bobcats have been phenomenal at home so far. So And expect a home homecoming throwback jersey or helmet or something so i think we're expecting that this weekend so you're definitely going to have the drip on the field at least (laughs) so uh it'll be interesting to see how this game will go but it will be a fun one to go to oh yeah for sure yeah no definitely i think all the all i'm looking for for this Saturday game is see if they can capitalize on our opportunities because that's something they failed to do against troy because i mean they i mean their defense played the best first half of defense i've seen oh yeah in a long Mm -hmm. time i mean Mm -hmm. no question i think first quarter no first downs. I think it was like, or like I think in the first in the first half it was like seven punts and an interception, and only to come out with fourteen points from that. It's kind of like, oh man, if they could have at least gotten a field goal, like you said, I mean three points, they lost by three points. If they could have gotten a field goal or two or three, in all those opportunities mm-hmm. they got, oh my gosh, it would be a different story. But you know, against the Southern Miss team, like you said, I mean they're kind of they're all right. I mean looking at the record, they're even kind of with us. But we, I mean we haven't faced them before, 
So um, it's very interesting to see how we're going to do against a team like that. Yeah, just this team overall, you know, they're undefeated at home and they've lost every game on the road. It's just finding that consistency with this team. And Lane Hatcher, I mean, this game he played really good. Oh, a touchdown, no interceptions, 207 uh, passing yards. Just the rushing game, I feel, has is the biggest problem on offense. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Perry is a great uh, runner, and the way that he's played in the past few games is just great. The way he played against uh, Appalachian State was phenomenal. Calvin Hill, I think he had that one good game in the beginning of the season, just mm-hmm. hasn't, and hasn't been productive. Yeah, just hasn't been able to get clicking on, on the rushing side for the rest of the season. So just the offense needs to find that consistency because the defense plays great. That interception, uh, forcing sacks, forcing pressure on the Troy uh, offense, just finding that consistency with this Bobcat team is going to be key for them to hopefully get a bowl game or something soon <laughs> enough. Praying, dear Lord, before I graduate, may we, go to, <laughs> may we go to one bowl game. I don't care if it's like the worst, unpopular. If it's like, you know, 3 p.m., like, I don't care what time it is. If it's early in the morning, just one bowl game. 3 p.m. in the desert of, of Arizona. Arizona. Exactly, right? Like, I don't care. Well, mm. Ryan works with Chick-fil-A. Can you get us to the Peach Bowl? I yeah. mean, that would yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe reach to the higher-ups. Yeah, that yeah. would be nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll get us all uh, field passes, man. some strings. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. But, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, but, I mean, other than that, like y'all said, the next state football team has, you know, has been not terrible. No, not terrible, but also not great. So, they're, like, right in the middle. But I hopefully this game against Southern Miss – Will be probably their turning point, and then they go on the road against Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Monroe, to possibly f- get their first win on the road this season. So you can catch Texas State Bobcats versus Southern Miss uh, this Saturday at four uh, four p.m. Pre-game show is going to be around three fifteen, three twenty, with uh, Clint Shields and Jeff Gandy on the call. And like y'all said, it is homecoming night, so make sure to go out and so su- <coughs> excuse me and support your Texas State Bobcats football team this Saturday at four p.m. But now we're going to take a take a step down a grade a little bit, and we're going to go into some San Marcos High School football as they took on the Cibolo Steel Knights this last Friday, this past Friday. I was on the call with Kyle Owen, and man, it was... I don't even know what to describe this game because everything that, you know, we, we were talking about, about, you know, San Marcos offense, the San Marcos Rattlers offense and how they've been using Isaiah, Isaiah DeLeon and Jaden Brown... Um, this season has been nothing short of great. And like I said, Jaden Brown, like Paxton, you said, reminds you of a young Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. And I I will still stand by the, your statement to yeah. this day. But the combination of, you know, Jaden Brown and obviously Jacob Rodriguez Schultz, who honestly, we honestly could not really, we honestly didn't really see this past this past Friday, which right. I was really kind of surprised. Um, we saw a lot more seniors this past uh, this past Friday because it was senior night, so everybody got to everybody who was a senior got to walk on the field, and it was a it was a really awesome moment for for everybody. Um, but just looking at the game overall, the San Marcos off- uh, San Marcos Rattlers offense was you know just it was trying their best like they've been doing all year, but Civil Steel's defensive line. Was just huge. They were humongous. They did. They 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 stopped on on almost. I wouldn't say almost every play, but they got to Jaden Brown uh, and Isaiah DeLeon pretty pretty fiercely. Um, but that was mostly first half. Second half was honestly a different half because 
when the second half was going on, it was more like Texas State's defense literally did all they could do. I believe they only held Cibolo Steele to I only believe only 14 points in the second half, which honestly, if you're Coach Walsh, you gotta give them credit for that. And I know the you know the scoreboard kind of doesn't speak doesn't speak for itself, but you know, if you actually watch the game itself, it was I was very impressed for what they did coming back from halftime but i want to get y'all's input i know this is one of those it's a big loss for the Sam, uh, for the rattlers and then they got another big time matchup against judson this coming week but i just want to get y'all's input on uh how they how y'all think they did for against steel yeah i uh this this coming week is definitely a big game to say the least i mean judson judson is a good program despite what the record might say they're a good program, and they're currently second place for district standings, just right behind Cibolo Steel, which we all know at this point, Cibolo Steel is going to make the playoffs even if they lose on out. Oh, yeah. They'll still they'll still at least, you know, clinch a top three spot in the district. The final, the other three spots are really just up in the air right now. It's Judson, New Braunfels, and then San Marcos in that final four spot. But East Central and Clements, I mean, this is... This is the overall record right now. It's Clemens three and four, East Central three and four, San Marcos three and four, Judson three and four. That's four teams right there that are three and four, and three of them are one and one in district, which means this district is wide open right now yeah. as far as those final three spots. So big games like this, uh, I mean, they're they're program defining moments. I like to say, especially against Judson. Judson historically is known to be a really oh, good yeah. team, and so. Uh, but like I said, despite what their record might say, they are a really good team. So it'll be an interesting game. But going on last week's game, uh, I mean, it was it was a tale. I'm not going to say a tale of two halves because it's not like the Bobcat or I'm saying Bobcats as well. It's not <laughs> like the Rattlers completely turned it around in the second half, but it was definitely a different team in a more positive direction. But uh, one thing that I will say positively for the Rattlers from last week is they didn't seem to have as many penalties as normal, yeah. which we know from previous weeks, this team is definitely a penalty impacts their game uh, team. And so uh, to see it last week, to see very few penalties is really honestly kind of an, a, an improvement for this team. And so it'll be interesting to see how they'll do as far as that against Judson this week, but they definitely need to uh, work on that or continue working on that, especially this week. So, uh, this week will definitely be a big game, like I just mentioned, but uh, make sure to tune in or go out to it. Yeah, I'll just say with this team, I mean, you're going against the Cibolo Steel Knights. They're, my cousins play for Cibolo. They know players that are in the NFL now that have come from Cibolo Steel. Just the, yeah, just like <laughs> the way that that program is, it's going to be hard for the Rattlers to get a win against them. But, you know, being able to score and then hold them to, I believe you said, 14 points in mm-hmm. the second half is – is a successful part. You should take it and be happy with that because this team is just as simple as just a big school. Um, but the way that the Rattlers just need to continue to build off of that, I know they don't have a chance of making the playoffs with the ban on them, but just building off that for the next couple seasons, mm-hmm. the next years of building this program to be stronger is what you need to do uh, for the Rattlers. Yeah, I just want to see how they're going to try and improve their passing game. I mean, I mean, I guess Cibolo steals, you know, 76 passing yards is kind of like, yeah. Like you said, their <laughs> yeah. line is their line was hurrying up Isaiah Deli on the whole game. But I mean, I mean they got the rushing game figured out. You know they're starting to get more consistent. We you know and they're getting the penalties down. So I think if they can just figure out that run, uh, that passing game and really get it open, 
I, I want to see him try and spread the ball maybe a little more because I know usually it's either to Jalen Brown or it's either to Tony Diaz. It's pretty much it. I want to see if they can try and spread the ball around a little more when it's available, when you don't have, you know, all D1 linemen mm-hmm. <laughs> going at you like Steele has. But, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I just want to see against this game against Judson if they can really try and open up that that passing game because, I mean, the run game's there. They're going to get easy, 100 yards, easy. Yeah, and, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, how really Judson's record doesn't represent them very well, it's really because, I mean, they are 1-1 one one right now in district, but they would be 2-0 because their one loss was against East Central, who's in second to last place right now, and they had to forfeit it because they accident or I'm not going to say accidentally, but they mm-hmm. played a player that wasn't eligible to play, yeah. and so they had to forfeit. So they're 1-1 one one only for that reason, but... For the Rattlers side, most people are probably thinking, oh, it's Judson, they're going to lose. Well, the Rattlers put up a bigger fight against Serge Clemens than Judson did. Now, they both both teams came away, but Rattlers won 28-24. to Judson won 27-24. to So the Rattlers put up one more point mm-hmm. against the Buffaloes. So that is, you know, kind of a joking stat, but also an honestly true stat because the Rattlers looked a little bit more dominant in that win against Buff- the Buffaloes than Judson did. So... Uh, it's just a neat point to point out, but definitely, you know, the Rattlers do have a chance in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And one little takeaway that I will, you know, have a little saving grace for this Rattlers team is that, you know, their defense has done all they could do this season. We, I don't, you know, me, me and Paxton and Kyle have kind of been, kind of been seeing that this past year and, you know, everything that they have done has been nothing short of what they have accomplished, especially in the off season and trying to, you know, build more muscle and build you know better character for this for the defense so um but i mean like i said before it was uh it was one of those games where you know it was you know kind of a make or break situation but a shout out to civil you know shout out to steel shout out to chad warner and joe perez and Jaden bailey they absolutely played you know like all stars last you know last this past friday and they you know they beat the rattlers pretty single-handedly so um but their next game will be in Converse, Texas, against the Judson Rockets, and it will be on KTSW as our very own Kyle uh, Owen and Paxton Graff will be on the call yes, for that game. Kickoff time will be around 7.30, but they have a pregame show around 7.20, so be sure to tune in and take a listen and hope to root for your San Marcos Rattlers. But now, that is all for San Marcos and Texas State sports. Now we're going to dig in into some national sports, and we're going to start with the MLB postseason, and like I said before, it is an exciting time to be a sports fan right now because MLB postseason is going on. NFL season is going on. NBA just started, as of this recording, it started Tuesday, uh, as of yesterday, and that is now about to start. So this is a great time, but we're going to stick to baseball for just a quick minute. And guys, let me just say this. This past weekend was probably one of the most wildest weekends in really in sports that I've seen in a very long time, especially mm-hmm. in college football, which I know we'll probably dig into that in another time. But as far as baseball goes, the the Philadelphia Phillies knocked off the defending champions, the Atlanta Braves, and then the San Diego Pod, uh, San Diego Padres beat the best record in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers and beat them single handily in four games came back from a 3-0 deficit in game four to beat the Dodgers five to three that was on first of all that was unreal and then probably the longest game that I think I've ever seen and that was between the Houston Astros 
and the Seattle Mariners <sighs> in game three. That game almost lasted six hours, went a full 18 innings. That's basically two full baseball two games. Full. If, two full baseball games if you really look at uh, the time-wise. And the Astros won in a clean sweep 3-0. But now it is a new series. It is the championship series. In the National League, it is the Philadelphia Phillies versus the San Diego Padres as the Phillies took game one of the series last night. The final score to that was 2-0. to zero. Zach Wheeler, complete a, a complete awesome game, went seven full innings, allowing only one hit and I believe only nine strikeouts, I believe. And then Bryce, Har- uh, Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber with the two bombs. Kyle Schwarber was actually the most accurate bomb I think I've, I've ever seen. Most no doubt or home run. Top tank projected 488 feet distance-wise. Um, but we'll start there. I just want to get y'all's insight on this Phillies Padres series and who could possibly come out and go to the World Series. Well, you know, for me, you know, I successfully called that the Phillies were going to beat the, the, <laughs> I the Braves. I was like, I said that and I was like, oh man, I'm actually going to do it. But they did it. So I got the right call. But, you know, when it came to, you know, the divisional, you know, everyone, like, at least for me, I was going for underdogs. Every underdog oh, yeah. besides the Astros. I wanted underdogs to win, which they all pretty much did, except for. The Guardians fell just short. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to this Padres and Phillies game, it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's five and six spot. So it's kind of like, I guess since the Phillies are six, and I guess I called them right the first time, I'll go, <laughs> I'm going with the Phillies. But, you know, I, I would be fine with either one of them going into the World Series. You know, they both deserve it, I believe. They tried their hardest this whole season. So, But I'm going to stick with the Phillies for right now. But either one is fine for me. I think the crazy thing is, is – Really, you look at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, kind of towards the end of the season, everyone was predicting, you know, a Dodgers uh, Astro series, series yeah. or a Yankees Dodgers series, oh, or, you know, stuff like that, that. I mean, the, the fact that the Dodgers <laughs> were just completely knocked out, I mean, as. As a as a Rangers fan, as a Texas fan, Aww. mainly, mainly a Texas no fan. I'm talking about Texas as a whole, not oh, yeah, Texas yeah. Rangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was it was exciting to see the not Dodgers get knocked out like that. <laughs> I, I mean, their fan base is like the worst. It's probably it's probably them and then the Yankees right there, yeah. as far as the worst fan bases. As yeah, far I as put, I put the Yankees at, over the Dodgers. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You're an Astros. You ever met a Mets so. fan, bro? They're terrible. Oh yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> have, you, have you met a Mets All fan? All the New York yet? man. All the New York fans are terrible. That's true. But. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't follow baseball a whole lot, so I don't have a whole lot to say. But I will say that, I mean, I I was kind of hoping that the Guardians would pull off an I upset too, against yeah. the Yankees just because it's the Yankees. You you don't want them to go all the way. Mm-hmm. But I will say as far as the ALCS-wise, uh, I think it's probably a little bit more entertaining to see an Astros-Yankees than an Astros-Guardians because – Let's be honest, I feel like the Astros was would have easily taken it with the Guardians. Now it's a little bit more competition. We'll see if it ends up being, in fact, a very, very big competition, I guess you can say, for lack of a better word. But I, uh, I it, it's an interesting time, and like I said, I don't watch baseball that much, but this is the time of year that I do because it's playoffs. You, got, you actually have something to play for now. If Absolutely. you don't win four or three or four games – you're done for. Mm-hmm. It's not like regular season where, oh, you lost this game by 13. Well, you got tomorrow night, which is dollar hot dog night or, you know, something like that. It's You're playing for something. <laughs> yeah. Play so uh, it, it's it's fun for, for me to watch it as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you were kind of making a little transition there. So as y'all know, the Yankees and the Astros are also going to be the other championship series in the American League. In previous playoff matchups, the Houston Astros have beaten the, the New York Yankees three times in the last three playoff matches that to be in. The 2015 wild card game, Astros won that to play the Royals. Uh, in the division series, and then obviously their championship run in 2017. They beat them in the ALCS seven games to play the Dodgers, and then the the one recent 2000... (laughs) 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 And then obviously the recent one in 2019 where Jose Altuve hit a walk-off home run on the road as Chapman to send them to the World Series against the Washington Nationals, and now it is round four of these two in the playoffs, and I I would say this is the new one of the newest rivalries in baseball, but I would definitely say this is one of the newest rivalries in MLB postseason baseball. Yeah. That one I can I can definitely say. So, but that is the swing of things as far as baseball goes. <laughs> so, but yeah, you can tune in to TBS for the Yankees and the Astros as they will battle Game One here tonight uh, tonight uh, at Minute Maid Park. So you be sure to tune in, and then the uh, Phillies and the Padres will battle Game Two tonight on Fox Sports One. So be sure to check out the baseball festivities for the MLB postseason. But now we're going to transition to a little thing uh, that kicked that officially tipped off as of yesterday, and that is the NBA basketball is officially underway for the 2022-2023 season. And let me just say this. We thought last year, to be honest, last year was probably one of the one of the wildest years in, in basketball because there were so many storylines with trades. So many free agents that were going on, especially some you know j- contract negotiations, and but a familiar face was back on the mountaintop, and that was the Golden State Warriors being back on the mountaintop after after a couple of years of them not winning anything. With you know obviously the last you know with Kevin Durant and you know him finally finally moving on to bigger and better things finally, so finally uh, so we get to see now a new birth and a new brand and. Um, you know, this is this is going to be interesting. So I want to kind of hear y'all. I'm going to start off saying that a team to watch this year and this team has kind of been was kind of in the pack last year. Probably probably had one of the biggest upsets in, in NBA playoffs history. And that was the Dallas Mavericks. Thank you. Ooh. That is my first take. Right here. Luka Seriously, <laughs> that that first of all, that game seven against the Suns. I mean, Luka Doncic. Luka Magic. Got just he had ice in his veins that whole game. That whole team was clicking, and they pulled an absolute stunner out of uh, out of everybody in the NBA world. The, them de- defeating the Phoenix Suns, the runner up in the NBA Finals the previous year. So, but that is going to be my my team to watch this year. But if I had to pick an early NBA Finals prediction, I would say the Golden State Warriors go back to try to repeat, but in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to say the Milwaukee Bucks go back. I mean, you you practically stole the exact same thing that I was about to say. Because, <laughs> I was going to say Dallas, man. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm from Dallas. I love the Mavericks. I mean, Dirk is literally my all-time favorite Absolute sports legend. player of ever. 
definitely better than Tim Duncan, without a doubt. So hell no, uh, hell no. Uh, we will go on right know. now. We will, we will fight right now. I don't know about that, Paxton. I'm we not gonna lie. Right but now. I will say, uh, as far as this season, it will be interesting. They haven't released a starting lineup yet, so oh, I can't, I can't say. But I mean, the addition of Christian Wood, Javale yeah. McGee. I mean, we finally have what our weakest point was, which is the big man. And so it is very – and the fact that we went last year to the Western Conference Finals, lost to the soon-to-be champions, uh, I mean, the fact that we did that with really no big man, and this year we have big men, it's very, very uh, exciting to say the least. But <laughs> um, as far as predictions, uh, I do think it will probably be the Warriors again for the Western Conference. I mean, they they, they really haven't lost anyone big. No, no. They still have Jordan Poole, Draymond, mm-hmm. the big three, yeah. for that matter. So Clay Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they really haven't lost anyone, and they just they still look so dominant. Uh, they looked. I mean, last night Lakers. Oh yeah. Lakers. <laughs> but we won't we won't get into that. We won't this get time. into that conversation. We will be here for another an hour if we did that. But um, anyway, as far as the Eastern side, I, I do think the Bucks, if they stay healthy, I think that was the reason why they didn't make it last year is because Chris Middleton was injured. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they still put up a fight without Chris Middleton. So I think this year they remain healthy. I definitely do think it's a Warriors-Bucks matchup. So, uh, But Mavericks go Mavs. (laughs) Yeah, well, Mavs is my choice. I mean, I'm a Spurs fan, but, you know, we're kind of in a little bit of rebuild. rebuild. Yeah, Yeah, but don't you ever talk bad about Mr. (laughs) Mr. Fundamental himself, Tim Duncan. I'm sorry that he had other all-stars on his teams. I'm sorry. Dirk didn't have any. He had Steve Nash. He had a... Michael Finley. I mean, let's talk about Michael this. Finley, Jason <laughs> Michael Finley. Jason Terry. Mark Cuban as his owner. Bro. Jason, yeah, Jason Terry. Jason yeah. Terry. No, but for me, I think I mean, I'm choosing Dallas in the West. Easy for me. To win it in the West? Well, yeah, I think they're going to win it. For me. For me. They're definitely going to playoffs. I think sure. so. Yeah, they're definitely playoffs, but you see them like going to the NBA finals? I say they go to the conference finals. Yeah, it's my finals, bro. It's going to be my, look, y'all going to be eating my words when I say this, bro. Finals, it's going to be Dallas. It's going to be Atlanta. I'm saying Atlanta. 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 I'm saying now. All right. So if you're not right, then you owe me, you know, free Chick Fil A for a year. (laughs) Yeah. Shake hands right now. You would love that. Shake shake hands. Shake hands right now. That's that's interesting. If I I lose, I'll never. But I see why you pick Atlanta though, because Atlanta does have still a young team. Still, they're developing. You know, they knocked off the Knicks a couple of years ago in the playoffs, which is still heartbreaking to New York Knicks fans to this day. Trey Young still owns them still. (laughs) So, but I see why you picked that. Yeah, I see why you picked that. So I like I like the take. I like I like the boldness in that. That's pretty too. That definitely is a hot take. It is. I think it's a little. Our table's. A little hot right now. Yeah, it was <laughs> a little wonky over here. <laughs> I'm burning over here. It's getting hot. Joe Carlo, go Spurs. Go. No, I was <laughs> All right, we're gonna go number one draft pick. I swear. All right. but, but no, I do like the Mavericks. Um, thank you. What? <laughs> yeah, I will never cheer for the Mavericks, but I, do, but I do like the pieces getting big man. That would be good for Luca to have some pick and roll. Mm. You know, finally get some stress off of him. You know, just. Always shooting step backs and trying to get to the rim, just playing aggressive. Um, so I think the Mavericks have a, a really good chance. I'm also excited to see what the Cavaliers do. I'm excited That's, yeah. for Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell and mm-hmm. their young pieces. Of course, F the Hawks because DeJounte Murray is on the Hawks. But, you know, okay, but in all honesty, he did, in all honesty, that wasn't his choice. He got traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he was going to waste some years here in San Antonio. But, <laughs> <laughs> which I would have been fine with because, I mean, he's not Tim Duncan or anything. But, uh, 
The Hawks are a good team. I don't think they go to... I think they make the playoffs, obviously. I don't think they go to the conference finals. I think in three years, if they keep the same pieces, yeah. then they're a conference finals team. But I just, I'm just i really excited to see the Cavs and the Mavs. So the Cavs in the, out of the East, the Mavs out of the West, I think are my mm-hmm. my favorite teams to like do, like do better than the year before. Finals-wise, I mean, the Warriors are the Warriors. Yeah. And then I like the Celtics, but... You know, with mm-hmm. and without having the coach and the way they played last coach night. Oh, coach Udoka. Yeah. Which, I mean, city boys up. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but out of the East, I mean, the Bucks, I mean, you can't go against, you can't go against Giannis. You can't go against Atatagumpo. You can't. So I like the Bucks. I also like the Sixers. Um, I say mm-hmm. the, I say the Nets go out of them the first round again. And mm, I say Kevin Durant. Wow. I say they go out of the, they get out of the playoffs either first or second round, and Kevin Durant leaves. That's my prediction. And I also predict that Draymond Green leaves the Warriors if they don't Whoa. win. If, if the Warriors don't win this year, Green's out. He's gonna go with LeBron. With wait wait with LeBron with LeBron because there's been rumors around that he wants to join LeBron. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't, I don't think that's gonna losers, happen. So I don't well. know. This is. Well, I rather have Draymond Green on my team than Anthony Day to Day Davis. Okay. I mean, I get, I understand that, and I get that, but I don't know. Dray, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, it's like a puzzle piece. It is, and you can't, and you perfect. can't really disconnect. Made in heaven. Yeah, it is, and you can't really disconnect the team that has been around. That's been around. The, you know, obviously, you can, but when you put your teammates, maybe you know, you can <laughs> ruin that. Chemistry. That's true. So <laughs> I mean, MJ did that, and look how dominant they were. But he's the goat. <laughs> exactly. you know, MJ, right? MJ's the goat. Draymond's just really good basketball player. He's not the goat. Yeah, absolutely. But guys, that wraps up for another edition of Claws to the Wall. Thank you guys for joining us. Enjoy the nice, cool weather that we are going to mm-hmm. have. It is going to drop again in the 40s later on tonight, and we'll probably stick with that for the rest of the week until the weekend, and it will warm up, warm back up into the 60s and into the 80s. So yeah. be sure to enjoy the nice, cool weather that we have. But thank you for joining us here on Claws to the Wall. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is Giancarlo Cacho, Ryan Linguez, and Paxton Graff. You guys have have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. We will see y'all next time.